Does your family include a dog or a cat? Would you like to be better educated on how to advocate for their health naturally? Then why not check out all of the amazing resources on naturallyhealthypets.com? Dr. Judy Morgan is a trusted advisor and a regular guest here on the Dog-Eared Podcast. She has over 38 years experience as an integrative veterinarian, acupuncturist, chiropractor, food therapist, author, speaker, podcast host, and owner of Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets. Dr. Judy's goal is to change the lives of pets by educating and empowering pet parents just like you in the use of natural healing therapies and minimizing the use of chemicals, vaccinations, and poor quality processed food. Head on over to naturallyhealthypets.com where you'll discover healthy product recommendations, comprehensive courses, the Naturally Healthy Pets podcast, informative blogs, upcoming events, and so much more. Again, that's naturallyhealthypets.com, the place to learn how to give your pet the vibrant life that they deserve. In addition to dog-eared, I have a show called Health Power. Now, I've been in health media for 24 years, radio, TV, and podcasts. And I really care about not just what I put in my body, but what I put on my body. So I am absolutely in love with One Earth Body Care. Now, I extend that to my pets. I'm very careful about what I feed them, and I'm very careful about what I put on them. So I was so excited to find out that One Earth Body Care also has pet shampoo bars, which are phenomenal. They're gentle with organic oat to soothe skin. Their neutral pH matches your pet skin pH. Last 20 plus washes for large dogs and they're scented with pet friendly essential oils. They also have a skin fix for pets, organic coconut, sunflower, and jojoba oils. It has calendula, which stimulates healing. It's great for hot spots, itchy patches, and their nose and paws. It's edible ingredients, safe to lick, and it's available with lavender, oil, or unscented. So I highly recommend you go to oneearthbodycare.com, click on pets, and get these for your pets. And while you're there, you can get wonderful things for your hair, your face, and body, and more. Again, oneearthbodycare.com. Does your dog do? Well, answering this question today is wonderful. Jean Bauer, she is the author of Joy Unleashed, the story of Bella, the unlikely therapy dog. Jean has published both fiction and nonfiction work and is known for her keen observations, humor, and direct style. Jean is a dynamic speaker and a member of the National Speakers Association. And Bella was very well behaved and is very well loved. So does your dog do... Well, uh, Bella died at the beginning of 2018, just mm. just a little before she turned 11, and we can talk about that later. But she um, she was just always so excited when anybody came home. So she would run at the door, and um, she she wasn't a big circler, but she would hurl herself on her back, or she'd chase the cat across the room. <laughs> she um, she just had a fantastic amount of exuberance and it showed all the time. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm so sorry for your loss. Me it's too. so difficult. Yeah. Now, when did your love of dogs begin? 
Well, growing up, my family had three dogs. I have a brother and sister, so we each had our own dog. We lived on 13 acres in the middle of nowhere. We didn't own leashes. Um, They did have collars and licenses, but that was about it. And we had a dog door in the house, so they went out when they wanted to go out. So, um, And then in my after college and in my 20s, I lived in New York City, and I really didn't want to have a dog in New York City. So it wasn't until uh, my mid-30s when we moved to Pennsylvania and had a house with a yard that I thought, um, okay, now we could have a dog. And then that our first dog, uh, my first dog as an adult was Angus, who was a collie mm. shepherd mix. He had, um, he was a stray and had been found on the side of the road. He was totally housebroken, totally trained, used to kids. Um, he was a peach of a dog. And wow. um and it's funny because he was so well behaved, I never thought of him needing a job. But one time I did go to visit a friend of mine who was in hospice and the nurses there were so impressed with him. They asked if he would visit other patients. And we did. And I didn't know that um, years later I would have um, now I'm on my second therapy dog, you know, that I would be really doing this on a regular basis. You know, one of the things that came up early in the book is when you have I call it your soulmate dog. And I'm not putting those words in your mouth about Angus, but the way that you described him is the way I feel about my Pitbull Blue. But eventually I will get another dog when he's up at the Rainbow Bridge. And I, it's hard not to compare. So I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate. Talk to us about this and how you handle those emotions. Well, uh, when we lost Angus and he made it to 16, he was a big oh, wow. college shepherd mix, a beautiful dog. And his picture is in the book. We waited, I'd say, about nine to ten months, so we just couldn't get another dog. We couldn't do it. We we missed him so terribly. But then the time came, you know, and we were kind of itching, and we knew that we would end up with a dog who was very, very different. So we went back to, the, this is in Pennsylvania, we went back to the ASPCA where we had gotten Angus, and um, none of the dogs were the right fit. The The one that I liked the uh, woman there said, this is not the dog for you. And anyway, he's got some behavioral issues, so I can't let you have him. But a friend of mine worked at a, um, another shelter in New Jersey uh, that had just gotten a load of puppies from Puerto Rico. So we thought, well, what the heck? And we got in the car and <laughs> we went there and we had looked online, you know, and we'd seen this cute little brown dog. We thought, oh, he'll be wonderful. And the little brown puppy was so not interested in us. I mean, he, you know, we, he, we, we they put us in this nice yard and he, he, he sniffed Bob's sneakers. It was like, okay, done. And then um, we saw in the adjacent cages, uh, Bella and her brother, because they had both been rescued from Puerto Rico. And um, I don't know, Bob just said, let's try the female. So out she came and she ran around as Nifla said, then she sat down on his foot and she said, "Um, I'm yours. You're mine. Um, (laughs) What we didn't know then was what we were in for. (laughs) Yeah. To answer your, your, your question, Lisa, um, what I think helped was a couple of things. One is waiting and, and going through the grief for Angus Two was not trying to replace him, not getting a dog who even was remotely the same species. I mean, Bella, you know, was a Whippet Terrier and who knows what mix uh, from Puerto Rico. So um, 
so so then it was all new challenges it was a whole new, all new ball game and you know we we came to love her as much as we loved angus but it was different because she was so different you know she was so um she was a speed freak she 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 flew through the air she, she outside she would run across the yard run into the metal leg of a table uh, not even stop, not even go like Yelp or anything. Just like, oh, oh, tables there. Oh, that's interesting. And on she'd go. <laughs> she, she was crazy. So um, that's why at age about after we'd had her a year. So we got her at four months. So she was about a year and a half. I asked the vet. I said, you know, we love this dog. We're committed to her. But really, um, we don't know what to do. And he said, well, Jean, she needs a job. Right. So that, that's how this started. Right. And she's a beautiful dog. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. I've never had a Whippet. I've never known anyone that had a Whippet, but it sounds like that's where the speed comes from. Yes. Yes. And the Terrier, um, I'm not going to do justice to Terriers, but I made up a little poem and that was nothing. Nothing is merrier than a silly little Terrier. And, (laughs) and, um, (laughs) but Terriers, you know, I, I thought with Bella, she, she had this streak of, um, kind of what do you know you know like right. i know i know better and i'm going to show you how things should be and um i'll train you jean so that you come along <laughs> <laughs> and she did she trained me very well now you got her into agility yes and you enjoyed it but it seemed like a very competitive environment yes. and there was a lot of pressure and at one point you had to ask yourself like what am i doing like why yes. are we here yes especially i mean a couple of things one is some of the uh, people who do agility are very serious about it, and I admire them, and it's wonderful. But there's a there's a bit of a divide between the people with the purebred dogs and the people with the all-American dogs, as they're called. Uh, yeah. A nice euphemism for mutt. And um, so, uh, and then there's a lot of waiting around and a lot of tension. Mm. And and Bella was so fast, and she was good at this. I mean, she could turn on a dime. But for example, there's a big frame that dogs go up and they go up at the top and then they come down and they're supposed to wait for that release word to then go to the next obstacle. And in one of the trials we did, Bella got up at the top of the frame. She looked down at me. She was like, well, you can't get up here. (laughs) (laughs) And and these are timed, you know, Bella, 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 come, come. And she's like looking at me, looking around, looking at the other dog. You know, it's like, I think I'll just enjoy the view. So she was a riot, you know. Um, so after we, we gave it a good try in two years and it was wonderful training. And, and I think it did increase the bond between us. But um, I didn't, it, competing was not really what I wanted to do. Right. And you were going through your own hard time. Yes. You had lost, you write in the book, you lost your job at 65. You talk about feeling lost and resentful. Yeah. And that's a lot to go through. Talk to it us is. about that. Well, it was ironic, <coughs> excuse me, because I was a career coach. So I had been helping hundreds of people who had lost their jobs. And I was helping them, you know, over with all the emotions and feelings of job loss. And I was helping them with their resumes and interviewing and networking and all that stuff. Um, but there was something deeply ironic about being let go as a career coach that, um, and even though I think I really was getting ready to leave, I didn't want the decision taken away from me. And I didn't like somebody else saying, um, thank you, Jean, you know, um, 
we thank you for the past 16 years, but now we're, now you're done. I, I, that was not fun. So, um, but luckily it was just when that happened after I finished my three months with the company. So I knew, um, that come January, I was going to be, um, unemployed that then Bella was certified and we could start volunteering at the hospital. So that opened this whole door that was just an amazing world. Yeah, that's incredible. I would love to be able to do that with one of my dogs. What was it like for you? And did you ever feel like this is just going to be too much for Bella? Well, I I more felt it was too much for me. Bella Bella was kind of, she was a great sport. You know, oh, you want to do this? Okay, I'll do it. You know, she was was happy to go anywhere as long as we were together or treats were involved or there was something fun to do. But um when, um, f- so for Bella's certification, I got her, I, I went through a course for Canine Good Citizen, which is the AKA um, course. And I was a little nervous about the instructor because the instructor did some things in class that made me uh, really kind of scared. So for one thing, there was a dog in the class, a boxer, who um, had some very deep, problems and I'm not qualified to say what they were but um, the dog would lunge at other dogs and this instructor would hurl herself through the air I mean literally through the air land on top of the dog screaming at him now I was terrified Bella was terrified the other dogs were terrified I was like and then she had this rubber arm and she wanted us to come and pat the dog pat this very troubled it was such a sad story of what had happened so when she came to me and she said, Jean, you know, here's the arm. Would you go pat the dog? I said, I'm sorry, but I'm not comfortable doing that. Because right. really, I thought I was going to lose my arm. I mean, I, not the, the fake arm wasn't long enough. <laughs> get me. I was really, and I'm not scared of most, but I was scared. Um, so that was strike one against me. And then we had the date for our test. We'd finished the class. We had the date for our test. And I'm with Bella at, and talking to the receptionist when uh, the instructor and another woman and her dog come out. And the other dog lunged at Bella. Now, Bella went, you know. Um, right. It's normal. But, but she backed up. Well, then this instructor kind of treated me like the poor troubled boxer. She um, told me that. Bella would never pass. She'd never be a therapy dog. She that we had years of work to do, and um, I did manage to control myself and get out of the room before I said something. <laughs> yeah, now I remember reading that and thinking, "Man, yeah. you have self control." Because well, sometimes, not always, not always. I, yeah, that was a terrible situation she put you in. So I, I went out and I cried in the parking lot, and and Bella, you know, peed in the bushes, and we went home. And then I just went on the internet and I looked up other evaluators. And um, we had this amazing evaluator who said, this is a great dog. And she passed, you know, and, and Bella wasn't great with other dogs. So this organization that was bright and beautiful. um, They told me that they had a program in Pennsylvania in the courthouses where numerous dogs came at once to help people who had to testify. And um, they said, Jean, just don't do the courthouse. Because Bella shouldn't be around other dogs. Hospital, fine. Schools, fine. Nursing homes, fine. Just don't go. Don't don't go where you're going to have a lot of interaction with other dogs. They were so kind, and so they saw her potential. 
So that was fine. And I didn't do the courthouse and we never had a problem ever in all the work we did. Oh, that's fantastic. And you yeah. did some wonderful work. I I love the work that you did at the school. And you write in the book, quote, as I drove home, I thought about how different this experience has been. Bella was patient and relaxed. She seemed to do better here than in the rehab facility or hospital. Maybe it was a relief for her to be with people who weren't old or sick. Maybe some maternal instinct had kicked in. What was really neat was that over time, we got to know these children well, and they loved being with Bella. And I think that's really important to note. Yes. notice yes. what your dog is doing, yes. who they're more comfortable with. So we started at an elementary school, and that was really hard to get in the door because the principal had never had a dog in the school. And I finally convinced him, and then there was a new um, special ed teacher who was thrilled to have a dog, uh, and she wrote the introduction to the book. She's just a beautiful But um, – the school nurse was like, eh, I don't think so. You know, what about allergies? And so I went in and talked to the principal. I said, look, this dog is in nursing homes. She's in hospitals. If there's somebody with an allergy, I promise we won't go near them. Plus, you have to bathe them and have them very clean before each visit. You know, so really not going to be a problem. Um, and it was funny because the school nurse who put up a big stink turned out to be one of Bella's best friends. She loved it. Bella would go into her office, put her paws up on the edge of the desk and wait for treats. <laughs> so it was cute. Um, but uh, I learned a lot with Bella in that because what some of the kids could read, some of the kids couldn't read. But if they couldn't read, they would just make, they would take a book and they would show Bella the pictures and they would make up the stories. And this one boy, I never will forget him. It was either dinosaurs or pirates, mostly dinosaurs. So he'd open the book and it'd be like bones, skeleton, <laughs> extinct, you know, <laughs> eggs, um, Tyrannosaurus. I mean, he knew all the names. And then we would get to the last page and he said, and they lived happily ever after. Oh, that is so <laughs> and, cute. And we, would, and we would just have a great time. One girl was blind, so so there was no way she could read. But she could touch Bella, be with her. And then what I've learned in all my programs with children is to make sure there's playtime. So even at, after reading, right now I'm doing a reading program at our local library. Oh, um, wow. So I say, okay, 10 minutes of reading, but I've got to have five minutes of play. So that could be to brush my current dog, Rudy. It could be to give him treats. It could be to do tricks with him. It could be to hide the tennis ball and see if he can find it, you know, but we always have play as a big part of what we do. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I want to yeah. talk about Rudy in a moment. My daughter was it pulled out for special ed classes uh, for learning disabilities and or we call them learning differences. Right. And what a difference it would have been to have a dog. It there. did. Yeah. It really would, especially because the other kids don't tend to treat the kids who are pulled out very well. Oh, and it's a status symbol. So one of the things the special eds kids got to do was I would bring a second leash. And then after they had played with uh, Abella or, or read to her, then we they I would give them one leash. I'd have the other leash because I always had to keep control of her. And we'd walk down the halls of the school. Oh, my gosh. Status Yes. It was amazing to see. But just, you know, the thing about Bella and, and I think all dogs really is they they're not judgmental in the way that we are. Yep. And and she she was just happy to be with them. And they knew that they got that message that she thought they were just wonderful. 
just as they are, whether they could read or not read or see or not see, or it, it really didn't matter. And that was, um, that was the most beautiful part, really. Yeah, it is. And I want to talk, before we talk about Rudy, I want to talk a little bit about some more of Bella's experiences. I was really moved by her experience with Chuck. I was nervous when I read that she jumped on him and I was like, oh no, but he was really responsive in a lovely way, even though he couldn't talk. So tell us about Chuck and Bella. Yeah, Chuck was in this nursing home that we visited every Wednesday with my friend Deb and her dog Shelby. And um, Chuck was in a wheelchair and he would be sitting there and his hand, he would be patting an imaginary dog. His hand was going back and forth. Back. So when real dogs came in, he lit up and he couldn't really talk very well, but you could see he loved them. And so um, we would give him treats and, and I guess I must've turned my head to look at Deb or something. And before I knew it, I see this white streak going through the air <laughs> and <laughs> Bella is on his lap in the wheelchair and he was fine. He was a big guy, like a, old, a former football player. Um, and thank goodness he didn't have a broken leg or anything, because that would have been awful. But he was thrilled to have her on his lap. And he just lit up. Another time, I said, Chuck, do you want to give uh, Bella a treat? And, he's, and he kind of nodded. And then, again, before I could do anything, he took the treat and put it in his own mouth. He ate the treat, and um, they didn't he didn't die. Um, but it was amazing just to see how Bella, she just knew he wanted her, her close. And sometimes if he was in his bed, then she would get up in his bed and snuggle with him that she loved doing that. See, that is so beautiful. Tell us a little bit about Alice and Jackie. Oh yeah. So, so Alice was the mother and, and Jackie was her daughter. It was amazing to me that you can develop these long-term relationships, not just with the patient or resident in this case in the nursing home, but with their family. So Jackie, the daughter was just uh, thrilled that Deb and I were there with our dogs. And we, we really got to be close friends. And in fact, I can't remember, I don't think I mentioned this in the book or I can't remember if I did, but her mother, Alice, who was it had Alzheimer's, so sometimes she could talk, sometimes she didn't. But she liked the dogs, but she loved cats. So she wanted to know if I could bring my cat. Her daughter, Jackie, said, can you bring your cat in? So I got permission, permission to bring Henry in. Henry's picture is in the, in the book, too. And um, I'm holding my breath because this is not a certified therapy cat. It's just a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but, a, but a cat who really loved people. And um, I put him on, we closed the door so he wouldn't get lost and put him on Alice's lap and she held him and patted him. And um, he just stayed still. It was amazing. But um, but the dogs, you know, she, I mean, people would start hoarding treats for the dogs or little Cheerios <laughs> and, or they'd get their family to buy treats. It, it became a big social event when the dog came, dogs came. You know, one of the things that moved me as well, you were talking about the infusion room and oh, you were yeah. talking about how some are becoming more thin and haggard and some have empty chairs and you know what that means. And you wrote, quote, but the dog made this seem okay. They brought so much joy into the room that they balanced out the fear and sadness. After only a few months, this place that felt like a terrible battle felt normal. In fact, it had become my favorite place in the hospital. Yeah. And it's funny because... um, 
I, I know another therapy dog handler who won't go into an infusion room. <clears throat> just, you know, I don't know why, but it's just hard for her. But I thought with Bella, you know, these people are, they're stuck in these armchairs for hours getting their chemo. Yeah. Um, let's see what happens. And it was so amazing because the nurses hadn't seen dogs in there and the patients hadn't seen dogs in there. And then we worked out this routine where Bella put her paws up on the recliners and they could give her treats or uh, pat her or, you know, talk to her. And then uh, what always amazed me was just the stories that came up. So that, and things from the past, like one man was talking about how he remembered the milk truck when he was a boy and he would jump on the back of the milk truck and take a ride to go to his friend's house or something. You know, just these, these amazing stories came um, and when you think about it, you know, a hospital is a busy, tense place. And when we're there and other therapy dog teams are there, we're just there to be there. We don't have an agenda. We don't have to make sure their temperature is normal. We don't, it, we, we really have no responsibility except to be safe and right. make sure the dog is safe, make sure the person is happy having a dog there, but that's it. So um, I have learned now with with 13 years of doing this um, to really take my time, listen. Some visits are very short. Some are longer. Some people really have something they need to say. And so we just stay and listen. And the dog, you know, I mean, Bella would fall asleep. Rudy falls asleep. (laughs) If it's a long story, you know, it's fine. They just take a little nap and it's good. Yeah, my father-in-law is in a really nice assisted living place, and I was going up to see him the other day, and there was a woman waiting at the elevator with me. She looked like she was in her 90s and just very hunched over. Like, I couldn't even see her face. Like, she was so... But I just started talking with her and we had a lovely conversation and yeah. I love that. And I love, you know, start telling me stories. And, and that's one of the reasons that I would like to do what you're you're doing is because I so enjoy talking to older people and listening yes. to their stories and giving yes. them that companionship that so many need. They do. They do. Especially in the nursing homes. It's just, um, it's sad. You know, it's sad that some, some people are parked there. And yeah. uh, my my favorite patient, Beverly, who I wrote about a lot, she, her husband had cared for her for years, but then he died. So then she ended up in the nursing home because there was no one else who either could or wanted to take care of her. I don't know the details. Um, so there she was, you know, and she was amazing because the staff told me, oh, well, she's not responsive. And it was kind of like, don't bother. And they didn't say don't bother, but you know, and I, that's all you have to say to me is don't bother. And then I'm I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm bothering. (laughs) Yeah, here I am. I'm a pain with Bella because she was so sweet and so gentle and gentle looking you know, Beverly would look at her and Beverly was often clutching two dolls and rocking them back and forth. And those were her babies. And um, it took me several weeks before I got any reaction at all out of Beverly. And then finally I got really brave and I put a treat in her hand and Bella took it off her hand and she smiled. And then I clapped my hand saying, Beverly, you did it, you did it. And she clapped her hand. And it was like, the, it was the most amazing thing. So we became close, close friends. And I, I would show the staff. I'd say, look, look what she, she can do. And there would be bad days where there would be nothing. But mostly um, 
we just loved each other. We loved being together. We had a fun time. And um, it really didn't matter that she couldn't talk. Yeah. And I think one of the things that was so touching is a lot of people would look at this elderly woman clutching these dolls and think, wow, she must be out of it. Why? Like you said, like they kind of, you know, implied why bother. Yeah. And yet you would talk to her and talk to her about her dolls and call them babies. And that made her smile. Yeah. And you just met her right where she was. You didn't have expectations. No. And if more people could do that, it's it's just, it's like being a dog, right? Just being kind yes. and yes. just accepting everybody the way they are. Well, yeah. And that's where, where I think being what, you know, where I'm called the therapy dog handler. It's kind of a strange name, but um, you know, the dogs, as you know, they teach us as much as we teach them. And Absolutely. so, uh, yeah. So Bella taught me a lot. Once you have had a wonderful dog, a life without one is a life diminished. That's a quote by author Dean Coots, and I couldn't agree more. I want my wonderful dogs to live as long as possible, and what they eat plays a huge role in their health and longevity. Kibble is full of seed oils that wreak havoc on our dog's health. They damage their microbiome, which affects digestion, oral health, their skin and coat, and more. And that's why I feed my dog Benji Yumwoof. Their air-dried food is GMO-free and has an inflammation-reducing recipe with omega-3 and coconut oil. It's all the benefits of fresh food without the fridge, carbs, fillers, seed oils, and other inflammatory ingredients you see in other brands. Yum Woof obsessively crafted a healthy, low-carb food with humanely raised USDA meat, eggs, and other non-GMO superfoods that my dog loves. Try the number one air-dried dog food for gut health for 50% off a trial of Yum Woof. That's 50% off a trial of Yum Woof. Go to www.yumwoof.com. That's www.yumwoof.com. You and your dog will be so glad you did. Now, tell us a little bit about Rudy and Rudy. what kind of dog and how you knew that Rudy would be good for therapy. Or did you have this vision of we're doing this or did it kind of work out like, oh, Rudy's actually well suited to this? Well, actually, it was it was funny, Lisa. So um, we still had Bella and my husband volunteers every Thursday morning. In fact, he was there this morning at the at a local animal shelter. And he cleans out pens and he feeds them and he brushes them and he talks Aww. to them and he gives them treats. And and um, and so he's done this every Thursday for, for, for 12, 13 years. And he loves these dogs and talks about them and is so excited when they get adopted. So, and, and you know, people say, well, how could you do it? And don't you want to bring them home? And he'd say, no, well, yeah, you do. But I also see they're getting well cared for. They're getting good veterinary care. And so many of them do end up with homes that, you know, um, and we can't bring every dog home. Anyway, Bella didn't really like other dogs. So we had a cat, we had her, and that was it. So one day, one Thursday, I'm out. um, I guess I just walked Bella and I come back to the house and I get this text from Bob. And he's like, look at this picture. And so there he is holding this little teeny black puppy. Now, I looked at the puppy, but I really looked at Bob's face and I thought, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. This guy is in love. I mean, this was this little teeny um, black puppy with some brown markings. Mm. And he called me, what do you think? And I'm like, so back and forth, back and forth. So Rudy was one of nine puppies brought up from Tennessee to Rhode Island. The other eight were gone, and 
Bob saw him sitting by himself in the pen and saw those eyes and said, um, this dog needs to come home with me. So he did. After we agreed, and he did. Well, then the, my joke then, Lisa, was that we had to live in a gated community because we, <laughs> <laughs> we had to have gates up everywhere to keep them separate. Because, I mean, Bella could have killed him. Easy. Um, she was not happy. So she was 10 and had, was used to being the only dog and the alpha dog and the dog who didn't like passing other dogs on the street. And now she had this puppy in her house. And I remember calling my sister in tears and saying, you know, it's been almost two months. It's awful. What do I do? And she's like, just hang in there. It takes two to three months. Hang in there. And you're going to get there. But um, it's just not going to be quick. I said, okay, I can do it. So sure enough, after two and a half months, they're playing together there. I mean, she never like really loved him, loved him, but she tolerated him and it was okay. So he was this calm, he's a Rottweiler, German Shepherd, and 10 other things mixed. But those oh, are his. Beautiful. He's beautiful, he's smart, he's loyal, and very calm, even as a puppy. Oh, that's nice. So, um, yeah. So we knew right, right from the beginning that he would make an amazing therapy dog. <clears throat> but first we had to get through house training and puppiness and all this. And then, um, so that was the spring of uh, 2017. So we got him when he was like three months old. And then in early January of 2018 is when Bella died from a tumor that she oh. had and she had surgery and the surgery killed her. So, you know. Oh I, my God. I'm yeah, so sorry. So then I was like, okay, um, now I really was, like, can Rudy be a therapy dog since Bella, we lost her. And, um, so on his first birthday, which is the earliest they can test, he got certified. Um, that oh, my was gosh. Yeah. So I was really only without a therapy dog for like about three months, um, January, February, March, and then he was certified and off we went. And um, very different, you know, uh, but loves people, loves us. Uh, and he's, he's six and a half now and st works every week. Still, still a working boy. What I would do if I were you, Lisa, is take blue to a nursing home in your neighborhood um obviously get permission you have to prove that the dog has his rabies shot big deal that's all you need get him used to visiting people strangers get him used to walkers get him used to canes get him used to the smells get him used to an elevator get him used right. to just we get in the car i always say to rudy and i said to bella do you want to go to work and they know the word work and they go to the car. Like so you just, can do that without having them certified already? Some will yes, let you? Yes, you can. Oh, nursing homes, yes. Schools, hospitals, no. I right? didn't know that. But the nursing homes are wonderful places to go. See, I had no idea. I'm going to check yeah. out where my father at his, uh, my, excuse me, my father-in-law at his assisted living. Because there's always a lot of old people sitting in the lobby. And they would love it. They would love it. And then I, I take the little Charlie Bear treats in my pocket because they're small and they're only three calories and they're dry. And then I let people give them treats or I let them brush them or whatever. But, you know, you, you find your own style of what you, you want to do. But the nursing homes are great and they're great training. So I did that with, with Rudy as a puppy. That's how he, he passed his test at age one was because I had been taking him to nursing homes. And he was oh. used to, and I took him to Home Depot, and I took him to, I took him anywhere uh, dogs were allowed, right? 
yeah. just to have that exposure and the socialization. So, uh, but the nursing homes are fantastic. And it's really only the schools and the hospitals that insist on the insurance that comes with certification. And in the back of my book, I list all the different places that you can get certified. And they're very different. So Bella was certified by Bright and Beautiful um, and Rudy by Pet Partners. Pet Partners was harder. So if I had tried to get Bella certified by Pet Partners, which I didn't even know about when I was in Pennsylvania, um, she probably would have failed. Oh. But but Bright and Beautiful was a little more flexible, a little more open, a little more, you know, as I told you, they said, uh, just don't go to the courthouse where she'd be around other dogs. Right. Now, what what were the differences, would you say, in the testing from those two places? Well, the whole process is different. For one thing, pet partners, you, have, you the handler, have to do an online course. Um, you know, I did this back when Rudy was a year old. Then he has to retest every two years. Um that means I have to take that course again. Uh, what a pain. Then he has to be tested again. Another big pain. Um, it, the test itself isn't that different. But um, I just think pet partners, my impression is, is just based on my experience, nothing more. It, is there a little stricter and they're a little more, um, they just have more rules. Where where bright and beautiful, you know, they, the evaluators there saw Bella, they saw this is a dog who really is good with people. Um, you know, in the test with, for Bella, they had a German shepherd that walked around her and she was supposed to stay in a sit beside me. No way on earth was that going to happen. No way. Once she saw that shepherd coming, it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, she's she's got, turning in circles and watching him. So um, Rudy could do it. She could not. But she, but she walked past a piece of meat on the floor. That was the leave it. Rudy, who just was retested again this March, uh, had to walk past a toy. And, you know, they're on the leash. But still, he did not do very well. He wanted oh. that toy. And he's like pulling. <laughs> but they don't do the food that they just do. No, the they toy? do. To- Pet Partners does toys now. And he did fine with the toy on his previous two tests with Pet Partners. But those were bigger rooms, different evaluator, different, I don't know, just different something. And so you just never know. When it, you know, and I didn't care whether he got the highest mark or a medium mark. I just cared he's certified. Right. And he was. So he's fine. He's he's a dog with a lot of experience. He's good at it. But I say, find, you know, find the group that works for your dog and um, and but do the nursing homes because it's so fun. And that way you really know. I mean, I tell people this all the time. You know, if this is something you you and your dog really want to do. I don't think they're going to let me do it unless he's certified. And that's so upsetting because. Yeah, you know, there's so many misconceptions about pits and it's hard. No, but there's there's wonderful pits who are certified and that's that's an important part of changing that prejudice is to get them right. into those therapy roles. So I would say do the nursing homes, give give him the experience and then you'll see you like it, he likes it. Then you can go through the work of getting the certification. But like with Rudy, I didn't even bother to do canine good citizen. 
I figured, what, why? Yeah, what is that, by the way? Because I was when I read the book, I remember you saying you got a different evaluator. He got the canine good citizen, but then he went on to get the certified therapy. So what is the canine, just so we can clarify? What's so the canine, canine good, good citizen is basically, um, are you a well-behaved dog? And it's an AKC, you know, American Kennel Club designated course. Did they walk on a loose leash? Do they... I think they have to pass another dog. Do they? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's, it's basically, are you well behaved? I didn't have to do it for, um, for Rudy. So I figured why well, put myself through it? Yeah. This is a sweet dog. I'll just get him. I'll just go right. And I went to pet partners because my friend, Deb, who I was doing a lot of work with, she went, she had done pet partners and she liked them. So I thought, okay, you know, yeah. We can do. We can do this. We'll try it, and um, I've been very happy with them. They're they're responsive. You know, they 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 have a lot of really neat resources if you look on their website. Oh, good. But, but there's many organizations, and they're all fine. Oh, okay. So for people who are thinking of doing this, it seems like you have to have pretty well trained dogs. Is that true, or can they learn these specific things they need to learn for the test? I, I would say both are true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and my mantra, Lisa, is I'm never not training. So I am always, always, always training. So when, when Rudy and then this, we have another rescue named Dixie, who uh, my joke is mm. she will never be a therapy dog. She needs therapy. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, she's a wonderful dog, but woohoo. Um, you know, when I, I make them sit to have a treat, I make them stay before when I open the car door, they have to stay and I wait. They have to wait for the opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do that stuff too. Yeah, we do. So it's it's always, always just little things, but reinforcing that. So I would say you can't really tell, but if you could get a, a place where you could go to a nursing home or go to someplace, um, assisted living, places like that, um, where you, all you have to do is provide the proof of rabies and, you know, and have a dog who's not going to have a house, you know, uh, who's going to do something awful on the rug, um, <laughs> then you're fine. Then you're fine. You know. Yeah. I live in a town that's pretty dog friendly and there's a lot of dog friendly towns and, and blue and I love to take day trips and I'll bring him in all the stores and he's never ha- doesn't chew anything. He never has an accident. He doesn't yeah. just run up to people. Yeah. seems like you've gotten so much out of this work and oh, what, a, how helpful it was to transition from Ugh. leaving your work, right? Like what would you have done without this? I, I really would have just gone out of my mind. I would have, you know, I would have been a much sadder person. And, and then the thing that I didn't even know, Lisa, was when we moved here, we moved to Connecticut. Um, I started volunteering right away with, with Bella. Um, you know, I would come out of the bank and someone would say, oh, um, is that Bella? I mean, it's, I just had this community wow. because people saw me. They saw me in the nursing home and they saw me in the hospital and they saw, oh, you visited my mother. And it's like, wow. And then like one of the, some of the little kids who, who I um, saw at the school that I wrote about in the book, uh, I now see at the high school with Rudy. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, it's, and they're like, hi, Jean, you know, and who's this? And <laughs> Oh, that is fantastic. It's great. It's so much fun. I love it. 
I really Oh my do. gosh. Well, Jean, was there anything else you wanted to add today? And this has been such an enjoyable conversation. You've got me super excited. I got to start working on stuff with Mr. Baby. Yeah. That's what we call him. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Baby. Yeah, well, just, you know, I think it's it's a learning curve and you and you having a new dog is like having a new child. You they train you, you train them, you tr- you figure out what works. Um but it's wonderful. You know, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. And, um, you know, like Dixie, the dog we have now, she was 10 months in the shelter. Nobody could adopt her because you couldn't even touch her. You couldn't get a leash on her. She was so scared. And I said to my husband, Bob, how can we adopt her? And I was like, I don't know. So I said, well, let's bring Rudy up. And so we brought him the next day. And then it was like, oh, we can get closer, you know. And um, once she was in our house, she just looked at the couch. She she jumped up on it, curled up, and said, "Yep, I belong here." That is beautiful. She took over, so you know you have to just go with kind of um, being a little brave. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the book is fab. Above this, I was going to con- I was going to combine fabulous and fantastic. Fantabulous. Yeah, <laughs> Joy Unleashed: The Story of Bella, the Unlikely Therapy Dog. Jean Bauer, tell us all the ways we can find your book and any other wonderful work you have out there. Well, thank you. I um, I, I love independent bookstores. So if you have a bookstore in your town, I'll start there. Uh, there is, of course, Amazon and and Kindle and all that stuff. So my book is everywhere. I'm very happy to say it's in its third printing, so it's done very well since it's come out because, um, you know, it's a story even that kids like 10 and up enjoy as well as adults and people who have lost their jobs and dog people and even a few cat people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then um, in the beginning, when it first came out, I did a lot of readings and talks um, all over Connecticut where I live. And then I try to, you know, um, like if there's a clear the shelters, um, event, I'll donate books or the organization that saved Bella in Puerto Rico. I sent them a whole crate of books so they could fundraise and, and help other dogs. So, you know, it's just all giving back. That's wonderful. Well, everybody definitely check out Joy Unleashed, Jean Bauer, B-A-U-R, and keep coming back to Dog Eared. And also while you're here, check out Health Power. If you want to see my beautiful boys, you can see them on my social media, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Lisa Davis MPH. Thanks so much. 